Hello and welcome to another episode of the Culture Hour. My name is Shelley Smith. I am your founder and the, the person who is not just passionate but obsessed about workplace culture. Uh, remember, you have to define it in order to build it because building and maintaining is far less costly than going into repair mode. Today, I am so thrilled to have another amazing guest. So this is a continuation of my interviews that I'm doing with owners and executives who responded to a call out that I did for one of my Forbes articles. And there are some out of the 75 that responded. They were all really good, but there were a few, a couple of dozen that really caught my eye and I just had to have them on the podcast. So today, please welcome Megan Gardner. And, and Megan, did I say your last name right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Thank you, all right. So Megan is the founder and the CEO of Guard Up Inc. Guardian Adventures. I, I, I have to tell you, when I read your, um, what it is that you do, I was like, I want to go, me, 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 me. Okay, so sorry. Okay, so Guardian Adventures, which owns and operates Wizards and Warriors and Zombie Summer Camps, programs and events. How fun. You are living, you are truly living the dream or living my dream. Uh, these informal educational camps and events are STEM and story-based experiences where instead of watching movies and playing video games about heroes and uh, I always get tripped up on this. Mythol mytho you say it. Mythology? Uh, well, it's, mythological it's based creatures. In, yeah, mythological. So yeah. it's based in mythology, history, and literature. There we go. Um, let's see. The participants get to live an adventure. For the past 20 years, Megan has headed up the information and programs camps for kids, teens, and even adults. Yes, to play a character of their own design and fighting monsters with foam swords and nerf blasters, along with anything to do with physics, biology, chemistry, and more. Megan is the lead STEM curriculum designer and she she is uh, is amazing because you know part of this is also on uh, the parent company is a Princeton Review and in development of the mission of Mars mission to Mars STEM adventures in East Asia and in the United States. She's also a guest lecturer at the Harvard Graduate School of Education and other major universities as an international speaker and the topic of information education and learning from all ages. She's been interviewed by a plethora of folks, including Disney Radio, NPR, and The New Yorker and Wired Magazine, as well as a variety of other outlets. And now she can add that to Culture Hour as well. Everything about what Megan does and she's clearly passionate about and has an expert around is obviously STEM driven. So, and you do some amazing things on your personal time as well and giving back to the community, which I absolutely love and adore. So Megan, is there anything specific about Guard Up before we get started um, on your responses to the questions that I posed for the Forbes article? Is there anything that I didn't say that I found um, in your bio that you would like to talk about with Guard Up or even how you got here? Oh, uh, I'll spare you the long story about how we got here because it was just a long series of pivots that largely revolved around my own daughter's interests, who are now adults. Okay. But when they were little, they wanted to participate in interactive storytelling where basically they play a character in the story I'm making up. 
And I realized it was a great way to educate them about um, everything from decision-making and teamwork and leadership skills, critical thinking to actual STEM education. Because like, uh, it's, it's, the whole model is built upon a computer game. So, but no computers. Yeah. So, uh, so you're essentially as if you're in a computer game uh, and you are designing your own character and you're navigating a mystery or a story and you're battling monsters and, and, uh, and winning treasure and everything. It's, it's the same experience, but it's live. And the idea is to utilize stories and the, the way that stories inspire us and captivate our imagination and create a level of immersion and ownership to educate uh, is it's, it's, I mean, when you think about it, we started learn human beings started learning when, uh, through stories when we were in caves, you know, yeah. way, way, way back before there was anything as complex as civilization. Um, we, they would have cave paintings and storytelling around the story or around the fire. And what that served to do was to teach the community and the, especially the children, the important functions of that small group, the tribe, and also what you should and shouldn't do. Um, and uh, the qualities of being a, a good citizen of that group. So, um, so we're, we're just doing that. We're bringing stories back into education because what we have found and what a lot of studies are beginning to really uncover is that stories, when, when something is taught with a story, it creates both context uh, as well as emotional engagement. And yeah. when you have those two elements, you have better understanding and better retention. So it's, we say, you know, this, is, this obviously needs to be a very big part of the educational system. Um, and since it's very hard to change the public education system, because it's a really big ship that takes a couple weeks to turn around. Just <laughs> you know, a couple? <laughs> well, well, you know, it's, it's, it's actually my dad gave it. My dad was in the Navy, and he said okay. that on those really large ships, it literally could take days to a week to turn in, around and go in the opposite direction, because they were that big. Yeah. And, and he was a principal of a, of a high school, and he said the education system is like an even bigger ship. It can take years to slowly turn around and start heading uh, adjusting course. Yeah. And so um, I feel like, you know, well, okay, but we're not saddled by uh, all the requirements for the state and the federal government. So uh, we decided what we need to do is bring in highly creative educators, largely people who are frustrated by the public education system, um, uh, especially teachers who decide they want to go and pursue education uh, and then they, they get an experience with it and like, you know, teaching to the test was not what I had in mind. Yeah. And, and then we recruit them because in our uh, after school programs and our summer camps and our year round adventures, they can actually thrive in that creative environment and teach the way they, they in their mind thought that teachers should be teaching. I love every, everything about that. Um, there are so many things I want to unpack and, and pick your brain on for the viewers and the listeners. I would love to hear if we've got some time outside of uh, what we're going to get to here in a minute that prompted our connection, but I would love to hear about the perspectives that you're seeing with um, women, girls of all ages inside mm -hmm. of STEM, because that's a, a continuing, yeah. um, I think, opportunity, which I would love to hear you weigh in on that. When I saw the focus of what you do, I was like, oh my gosh, we need to have that conversation. Um, number two, I, I loved how you talked about the, the passions. It's one of the things that I'm always talking about. People, we're all hardwired for certain things and 
we fit just right from a culture standpoint when all of those elements come together mm -hmm. and being able to lean in and define what right looks like you know, and storytelling is definitely in itself is a lost art and there is a lot to be said. So obviously I love that element and would, would like to hear a little bit more if we've got some time about how you guys have crafted those different experiences. And then of course, I would love to hear how you have transitioned, which I know we're going to get mm -hmm. into this during the COVID and now the protests and kind of what that's doing to impact your team obviously delivering in-person real-time and some of the shifts that you've taken. So those are things that hopefully we'll, we'll be able to get to today on a variety of, of ways for the listeners and viewers to kind of keep them engaged. So with that being said, one of the questions that I asked you on the response that you gave was, have you increased spending in your workplace mm -hmm. culture over the last 90 days? And if so, what have you done specifically? And you responded with a big yes, and we spent three times as much. And so unpack that for us and I'll let you go into the why, the shifts, and let's just have a conversation. Sure. So I think the single biggest thing we did was, you know, uh, in the discussion with our executive team was the understanding that the biggest antidote to stress is play. I'll just put that out there. I, I would say that that's like a law, okay? Wow. When you play, you, you totally shift your mind into, an, into a creative center and, and you start to let go of a lot of uh, the, the things that are stressing you and especially when you activate imagination. Um, and it allows you to begin to actually immerse yourself into something else which then allows your brain to start working through on a subconscious level solutions for the stress that you're under but because it you're letting go of the the um that that severe attachment to the the problem and the and the stress involved the emotional stress and you're freeing up your brain's resources to do something else and play is the best way to do that we, we hit an entirely different, there's some great studies out there that show the brain experiencing play and the difference between trying to work through uh, a stressful problem versus the experience of working through a, uh, a problem in a playful way. So knowing this and knowing that we have highly creative individuals and that you cannot create at your peak level when you're under stress. A little bit of stress is good, a little bit of stress actually can amplify your performance. A lot of stress is actually very detrimental to, to creativity. So we decided that what we needed to do was to provide, not just provide the opportunity for more play, but actually to kind of require it. So in our, uh, in our weekly all hands staff meetings, we have, uh, it's, it's supposed to be an hour long meeting where we go through new policies coming out, problem solving things with, with clients, um, any shifts and things. We're now taking all that outside of the meeting, other than some key elements. Uh, and 45 minutes of that one hour is now spent playing. Um, and what we do is we do fun little uh, like um, trivia things. We share stories. Um, we, we, we actually sometimes play test stuff that we're creating for other kids where all the staff people are the kids now. And, and like, um, 
one thing I remember our, our curriculum director said is, okay, everybody, I'm gonna to count to 10, and what you have to do is somewhere in your home, you have to find three items that, that without speaking will help us know what your favorite movie is. Oh my gosh. And so and he's like, ready, set, and then boom, everyone was off of their screens and running around their house. And you see people like running past their camera, running past their camera, <laughs> and they're coming back and they've got an armful of stuff and some of them have puppets and it was great. Wow. And so it's just, it's stuff like that. And then um, we, we generally do some social stuff together, but now, um, you know, uh, I think it was uh, three weeks ago, my um, my ops director stopped off and I went out on a shopping spree and I bought all kind of, a bag full of craft beers for and, uh, and, and little sample um, um, different types of nip bottles of different types of alcohol we'd always been talking about and filled up a bag and then he put in a bunch of snacks and I wrote a handwritten thank you note to each one of them and he delivered it. He went all around Eastern Massachusetts driving around and hand delivered that package to each of our staff people so that they could, uh, and then what we do is we cracked open the beers later on together and we tried them out. And then um, last week we did a, a staff pizza party where we emailed everybody um, um, gift cards for, uh, to have them order pizza or whatever food in. And we all sat around and we ate it together and we just, and in that one, we actually talked about, that wasn't so much play, that was actually talking about um, loss. Okay. We actually came together because we're used to a very different summer, um, a very in-person, very active, very creative, very uh, physically uh, creative environment. And that's been drastically changed. Yeah. Um, not taken away, but really changed. And we wanted to recognize with our staff that with all change comes loss. And, uh, and so we just took some time to all of us talk about that loss and to recognize it and, and be okay with feeling that way. And uh, one of the great things that I didn't expect was, and we'll touch on later how our company pivoted, was the number of people who said, you know, it's actually a mixed bag for me. Yes, there's been some loss. And on the other hand, I'm really excited about this new project that we're doing. And it's, it's really tapping into another different level of creativity for me. So, so it was good to hear that it's not all just gloom and doom and loss. It's also yeah. stuff that people are excited about. So, yeah. and I love that. I feel like, I really feel like our team has never been this tight before. We, 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 we're all going through this, this together and we're all taking time to play together and to grieve together mm -hmm. and to recognize um, that uh, what's going on basically and to talk about it. And that creates a level of bonding. I think that we've, we've never experienced before as a company. And, and that we missed in business cores, I think, period. We, we kind of, went through this mode of separation. I, I know when I first um, was a brought in as a, uh, I was 18, 19 into Marriott. And, you know, there was this intentional separation of employee versus management. And you didn't, you know, the two kind of weren't supposed to intertwine, if you will, and you didn't get personal with people and you didn't have and, and we swung from one pendulum to now it's like, no, 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 we had it all wrong. We had it all wrong. We need to have an understanding of what a person is going through to better engage them, motivate them, respect them um, in the workplace. And this crisis, to your very point, is allowing, it's forcing us to do that. 
you know, you, you're on a Zoom call with your team and you have to recognize that there are children and there are roommates and there are significant others and there are pets and you just got to keep going because that's our life, right? That's, that's, that's right. our life. Why not embrace that and to understand that? And I've heard so many um, owners and executives express what you've just said into we've leaned into transparency. We've leaned into communication in a different way. It, we have not, the ones that are thriving are the ones that are going into, you know, innovating on the pivot, being ever, which one of my colleagues uh, coined the phrase, and I, I love that, Dr. Sarah Spradlin. So I, I use that, but I always have to say, she's the one who said it. Um, but being able to use our imagination in a very different productive way, it is amazing what unleashes the possibilities the white space, the creativity. And those are all the things that you and your team do naturally mm -hmm. with guard up, but even you're experiencing on a new level. And I, I love that and I respect that so much. So tell us what the biggest aha moments are, and maybe you've already actually articulated that, but specifically any, anything that's really um, given you a hiccup that you guys have maybe had to, to focus on and pivot differently and or this was massive and I didn't expect it. So whatever you want to say there. Yeah. Um, well, I think for AHA, which was uh, three weeks before we closed our castle doors. And as you see behind me, we actually do work in a castle. <laughs> um, we, we actually took a long, hard look at this and said, you know what, there's a chance we're going to have to close down. Of course, at that time we thought, you know, they were coming out and saying, other states were saying, we're going to close for two weeks. I'm like, mm, it's going to be a month. Three months later. <laughs> yeah. And I said, so no, it'll be, so we need to be able to do something that's going to allow us to settle in. We're not going to push the pause button. We have to pivot. So I brought it to my team. And, and here's the other key thing that I can't say enough about is when you hire people, and I don't care what industry you're in, if you're hiring somebody, one of your number one considerations, if there's any kind of creativity or innovation around what they're going to be doing at all, they should have an improv theater background. Very cool. Yes. And you know why? Well, I, I do, but you can tell the listeners, but I, I, I do because I've studied on this and read articles and yeah, go ahead. Do you remember the term? No. There is a key term. Tell that defines it is. it is yes and yes 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 and yes. because yes. in improv the idea is you're up there on the stage with somebody they throw something to you they, they introduce you to uh, a story and you are not allowed to go no no you have to say yes and and you have to build on it and you might throw in your own little curve to it but you are using what is given to you in order to create something new or, or, or keep the direction and momentum going. And so the people that we prefer to hire have some type of theater background, but, and if you have a theater background, you have uh, uh, an improv background. Yeah. Um, and it could be anything from live action role-playing to actual stage theater, um, but they have to have the ability to say yes and. And so when we brought to our team and said, here's what we're thinking about doing. We're going to be taking everything online, all of our adventures, uh, and 
possibly, if this goes through the summer, or at that point we'd said, and possibly spring break, because we thought that it was possible that our full week of spring break adventures would have to be online. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad I said that because I was right at that time that we were going to be closed for spring break. And that is a one week of full day adventures that we would have to figure out how to do online. Mm-hmm. And our team was like, okay, let, let's, let's figure this out. Let's see how we can do this. So for three weeks before we closed, two, three weeks before we closed our door, we started investigating different um, programs, different environments, how to do different, uh, uh, how, how to translate what we do live into an online environment. And literally the day after we closed our doors, we opened online. And in the first, yeah, in the first week, we had 70% of our clients transfer over. Within two weeks after that, we had roughly 90% of our clients. Today, I think we have about 98% of our clients online. That's and with solid. us, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and now we're heading into the summer and we've already made the announcement that come June and July, we are not going live with camps. Um, uh, we are going to be doing online camp. Now, there are camps that are choosing to go live and there are a lot of very strict guidelines that the CDC has put out in the EEC. But uh, we, we want, we're in a wait and see mode where we'd rather see what happens with their efforts. I do not like making my clients' children's children, who I kind of see as my children, into guinea pigs. Right, the, the risk, um, the risk. That's right, yeah. there's just too much risk right now, especially because of how hard we got here in the Massachusetts area. So, um, so we're in a wait and see mode to see what happens, you know, and I'm already reading about one camp in Tennessee that was shut down five days after they opened because uh, COVID went right ripped right through their their staff yeah um so uh i'm like okay yeah it looks like we're making the right decision thus far we're still waiting to find out about august um whether or not we'll be doing anything live but we are fully prepared to do either scenario and so because of the experience with we had with our the success we had with our spring break we were able to then immediately take that model and say now we need to be able to do 10 weeks of this (laughs) not just one week and you know when we found our staff came up to us and said, that was exhausting. So we're like, okay, what we need to do is we need to hire more staff and have shifts. So there's a morning shift. And then that's, that group, don't, they don't, they're not running the program anymore. They're pulled off the screen. They're doing something else. And then an afternoon shift comes in. So because what we're finding is our kids didn't have anything close to screen fatigue. Um, because they're so engaged and we get the kids up and physically active and stuff like that. But our staff were running the programming. They're having to juggle a lot. They're having to control a lot. They were getting fatigued. So we realized we had to change that model. So there was a lot that, this has been a phenomenal learning experience. I can't even begin to say, I mean, I never expected going into this year, first of all, who did? I mean, that that we'd be in this situation but that we would learn so much and that in that process of learning also come together so tight as a team and, and how much our, my team is in this great balance of being able to be transparent because it's not all a bed of roses. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's exhausting work. Um, and we're still facing hiccups and challenges that we have to address, but we're, we're documenting them. We're coming up with solutions. We're sharing those solutions. And, uh, and we all know we're in this as a team. 
And, and there are even times when we will, we will meet with our staff and we say, are you taking your screen breaks? Because we are mandating that you have to take 10 minute breaks. Just, just, it's not, it's paid. Don't, don't put it on the time clock. It's just get away from all screens, go outside. If it's raining outside, I don't care. Go somewhere else. Don't look at a screen for 10 minutes and then come back. And, and, you know, we check in with people and we're like, did you get your screen break? Are you getting, because otherwise it's burnout and burnout does not help anybody. Right. Especially doesn't help the company and your clients. So we are really keeping, um, you know, a, a, a lot of attention on that to make sure that our, um, our staff are, you know, at one point feeling taken care of, but at the same time, you have to empower them to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't always be in there mandating everything. You have to, do have to say though, please get off the screen for a sufficient amount of time and, and accommodating like you said, the cat walks across the screen. Well, thankfully with children, when you have pets, that's nothing but a good thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, um, but it's also, you know, we, we try to get the pick up your laptop, go outside. And, and we're okay with hearing birds in the background during a staff meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, we, if a plane goes overhead, it's okay. Mute your microphone, we'll pick it back up. Mm-hmm. I would rather know my staff are outside in the backyard getting sunshine, breathing fresh air and working that, that they feel that they have to be in, you know, nine to five focused just on a screen in a sterile environment. Yeah. So uh, it's, I, and, it, and you know what people say, well, that's all, you know, I've been talking to some people that's so touchy feely. I'm just not that kind of person. I'm like, then talk, let's talk numbers and sense. Yeah. Retention, staff retention, staff output. Yes. All of this translates directly to a better end product. If your staff are happy, they are actually better at what they're doing. And they're able to adjust faster. They're able to pivot faster. And this is a time of massive pivot. Yes. So so staff morale and staff culture is a key part. It's it's actually, I would say, the number one concern that anyone with employees uh, should be facing right now, looking hard at their staff culture. Yes. Because if they're not, they are not at the peak of their performance in this, in this situation. Megan, I feel like you have, have, have um, I, I need to send you a check. You like have read <laughs> everything I've written that I've thought that I've podcasted that I, and, and I, I love it so much. Obviously uh, as a culture curator, that is absolutely what I believe and know to be true and know that when I have clients that lean into that, their success, their stress, their happiness of why they have a business, why they're in business, their profitability, it all comes together when your team and your people are engaged. And to your earlier comment, that's when the the endorphins and the ideas and the thought sharing start to come out when you're like, yes, yes, yes. To your point, yes, and. It just opens up the conversation in, in such a different way. Well, I was going to ask you in closing, like what, what could you say to, um, to articulate your experience? And you, you leaned right into that without me having to say that and your plead and how you just made your comment to those listening about the culture. And if they don't get it, they need to get on because you're right. The turnover is going to happen. And, if, and by the way, if the turnover isn't happening now, wait until you fully reopen your door to what your new normal is. Trust me, people will say they're coming back and they might even come back, 
but it's going to be for a little stench because they're going to jump ship into people like Megan who get it, got it, and have, have uh, leaned in and shared those successes and embraced the most valuable asset, which is absolutely the team members. So yeah. Megan, is there anything else that you want to say today before we put a final wrap that you haven't said? Um, and then please verbalize, and I'll have it in the notes, but verbalize how people can find out more about sure. Guard Up. Sure. So uh, I, if I'm going to verbalize one thing, it would be my um, talking CEO to CEO's pitch. Okay. All right. CEO to CEO. Check in with your staff. Yes. See where they are. Really allow even a degree of vulnerability. Yes. Um, not, you don't want to, here's the key thing. I mean, every CEO knows this. You can't, don't, you don't ever want to get to a point where your staff are worried about you. Yeah, you don't want to see, you, let them see you sweat. To, right. Yeah. yeah. But you do, I, I really do believe in what I think they call it the reverse pyramid, where the, the, the higher up you are in, in the, the scheme of things in your company, the more important you have to be there at the bottom supporting the rest. Yeah. And if your staff do not feel sufficiently supported, if they feel lost in their work or undirected, if they're stressing out, you need to change that. You, it comes from you, the leader. And if you are worried about your staff working, overworking, working 80 hours a week, not taking their breaks, then you need to take your breaks and you need to not be working 70, 80 hours a week, or at least don't tell them about it. Um, and then, and you, it is. And, and you need to be basically, they're going to take their cues from you. If you're stressed out, they're stressed out. That's just how it goes. Mm -hmm. If you feel confident or at least display confidence, then they're going to start to feel it. But they, they are looking to you for guidance and they're looking for you to set the tone and that's the culture. So, so make no mistake about it. If you're frustrated with the output of your staff, it's down to you. It's what are, what's the culture you are setting? And if you are not allowing, because what happens is when our company is under a lot of financial strain right now, I'll be honest with you, we're not getting the same camp enrollment we had. We're getting some, thankfully, we're getting people go, you know, online camp might just be a thing that works for us. Um, but it's not easy for us. But that's okay, because I know this is temporary, because I know I have the best team in the world. And we are really going to persevere and make our way through this. And that's the message I'm constantly giving them is that they are, yes, it's, it's tough and tight right now. And, and um, we're working as best we can, but we also have to play, but we also have to talk. We also have to have some fun because why be in a company about creativity and stories and fun if you're not having it too. And, and we our three biggest values uh, are courage, honor, and compassion. We, we, we're always talking about that, um, and compassion has to come from the top. If you don't have compassion for your staff, then they're not going to have compassion for you or for what your company's uh, experiencing and going through. And, and then um, the, the three modes that we talk about for developing our, all of our programs, safe, fun, educational. So are my employees safe? Are they taking care of themselves? Are my employees having fun? At least, and it's not, it's not like I'm spending most of their time just taking little bites throughout the week to check in with them and play and have fun and joke around. 
and then educational or in our sense work. So it's, it's really got to be in that order. I, I feel for our company and it's got to be that way for most companies. And, and if it's not, you've got to look deep and hard at why you're in the business and what your motivation is because your people have to be a very big part of that. So that's pretty much it. Um, for uh, how people can get a hold of us is go to guardup.com, G-U-A-R-D-U-P.com. Um, and it's actually Guardian Adventures now. We, we had a pivot there, uh, a, a sort of rebranding where we're called Guard Up because we were, used to be very big into martial arts and sword fighting and everything. And now we use all that to actually educate. So, uh, but we are running online summer camps and online programming. We do uh, um, week round programming every day of the week. We're doing programming for our clients. And, uh, and we also do corporate retreats and other programs where we help companies by coming in and doing an online zombie adventure where they, they have to figure out how to keep the zombie invasion from happening. And we do it all like this in a face-to-face -face environment through storytelling and then a few graphics where they have to make some choices and they come together as a team and they're learning to play and they're blowing off some steam and they're bonding so that they can feel better about the work that they're doing. So much of that is just wonderful. I, I, I um, it has so many levels and so many opportunities. And I hope people who are listening and viewing uh, go online and to look you up. There's just so many different ways to get at it, you know, to your point, regardless of age and regardless of industry. And, you know, I, I would be a betting person, Megan, that when um, you get settled in, that you guys are going to keep the evolution and the creativity oh, yeah. going, and that you probably will never stop your newfound online, and you will keep both of them going. And it allows people to participate um, with you in a different way because of the yeah. online presence, regardless of where they are. And it's so cost effective. You can't. You don't have to bring your team. You don't have all those traveling expense pieces. So, you know, it's, it's a great way uh, to do something fun and unique and different and to show appreciation while you're building what right looks like inside of your team, to your point. So thank well, you. Uh, yeah, thank you. And on top of that, I'm hearing a lot of the bigger companies, Twitter announced, you do not have to ever come back to the facility. Exactly. Yeah, they're, they're allowing all their employees to just work remotely. And I'm like, that's interesting. So their team bonding events, then their hiring structure completely changes. Now you can hire somebody in a different state Absolutely. because they don't have to commute, but they're still going to be looking for those uh, bonding experiences. And that's yeah. where we can come in and provide those type of corporate training env uh, environment for them to um, come together and play. Absolutely. You know, we've moved from so many, um, I'll, I'll say traditional companies said, oh, we yes. cannot have people work remote. And then when it became not an option, it's amazing Yes. when you yeah. take that mind shift of not we can't, but what is possible. And I'm hearing more and more companies follow suit, not to mention, you know, again, the CEO hat, uh, when you look at your financials, if you don't need to pay for the physical building, what that does to your profitability and how might you shift that into other things for your team to create greater engagement and to attract the right type of talent. Um, the possibilities, the possibilities. So thank you again, Megan, for being on sure. today. Please make sure you share, you comment. 
Um, you look up Megan and guard up. And remember, you know, culture's not built in a day. Culture's built every day. And it starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with everybody that we engage with on the daily basis. Because remember, repairs are far more costly than defining, building, and maintaining. My name is Shelly Smith. And I thank you and I appreciate every one of you who is watching and have a great day and be safe and be well. Thank you for joining me and another guest for the Culture Hour. If you want to go back to past episodes, make sure you follow the podcast on any of your favorite apps and devices. If you're looking for a daily dose, a little short snippet, then all you need to do is hop over to the other podcast called Your Morning Commute. Thank you again for tuning in. If you're looking for questions, other speakers, more topics, by all means, reach out. Shelly at PremierReport.com. Remember, culture isn't built in a day. Culture is built every day. Are you spending your money and your time and energy on repairs? Or are you spending your time and your energy defining and maintaining? Be safe out there.